Welcome to another episode of the Coal Region Campfire. I'll start off with this right away. If you're listening on your phone, just give it, take a quick couple seconds and rate us on iTunes, uh, just so we go up the rankings, like us on Facebook, um, whatever. Just get the word out there. Uh, tell everyone you know, everyone you don't know. Um, <clears throat> But today, we have a very exciting episode, one that I was looking forward to uh, pretty much since I started this uh, podcast and uh, finally was able to uh, link up with him. Uh, my old football coach, a lot of people's old high school football coach, uh, Coach Kevin Keating, uh, Hall of Famer now, just recently inducted into the Pennsylvania State Coaches, uh, Pennsylvania State Football Coaches Association Hall of Fame, which is a, a huge deal. Uh, and he is an incredible company with that uh, honor. Um, high school football coach is kind of an interesting thing because uh, it's one of the, it's it's a very critiqued position. Um, and Coach Keating was no different, uh, just like a lot of the other great coaches were. Uh, but for those of you who who are not aware of just how dedicated uh, this man was, I mean, just the hours and you know. Hours upon hours of, of prepping for, for, you know, the upcoming opponent. And, you know, after the season, recruiting tapes, you know, everything. And, you know, the guy does it. He loves football, loves teaching. You know, I tell him in the uh, interview that, you know, he was just as great a teacher as he is football coach. And, you know, and like I, sa- I said to him in the interview also, it's, you know, it's kind of a thankless uh, position because, you know, Myself included, when we're sitting in the stands, we think we know everything. Uh, we think we know what, what plays they should call, and it's really easy for us to second-guess everything they do. Um, but, you know, when you're when you're looking at a blank slate in the beginning of the week trying to game plan, uh, that's a much difficult job, um, and it's definitely a lot harder uh, than it may look, and, and Coach Keating does make it seem easy. Um, for those of you who don't know, he right now he is uh, battling Parkinson's, but he is still uh, fighting every day, and uh, he still has that that enthusiasm. And he's now the head coach at Shenandoah Valley. Uh, so go blue, uh, roll tide. Um, but I think you guys are really going to enjoy this uh, episode. Like I said, I I love just sitting there and talking to him, and uh, it it was really a great way to to spend an afternoon. And I'm so thankful for the opportunity to do so. But before we get to Coach Keating, uh, we are going to get to our word from our sponsor here real quick. Darren J. March is a certified financial planner with Raymond James. He is a Potsdam native and has been advising clients for more than 17 years in Northeastern PA. He specializes in retirement planning and offers an independent, unbiased approach to investing. Raymond James does not offer its own investment products. This allows Darren to be able to structure a plan to fit your needs, not the needs of the firm. So if you have a 401k or retirement plan from a former job, or if your advisor just doesn't keep in touch, give them a call for a free, no obligation review, 570-640-8010, darren.march at raymondjames.com. Raymond James Financial Services, a member of FINRA SIPC, Investment Advisory Services, offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. And now on to Hall of Famer, Coach Keating. All right, so we are recording now. We are with uh, the Hall of Fame coach now, I should say. Hall of Fame. Pennsylvania Sto- State Coaches uh, Association. Association Hall of Fame, newly inducted. Kevin Keating, how, how does it feel? Well, I feel great for our kids that played for us. 
because without players, you, you don't get any kind of awards, especially like like this one. And I'm finding that out for sure, says Shenandoah right now, where we're going through a period, a cycle, a down cycle at Shenandoah, where our numbers are are low, and uh, that's forcing us to play freshmen, true freshmen, at the varsity level, high school varsity level. But my point, get back to my point, you, you got It starts with players, and we've been blessed. We were blessed at Pottsville over our two uh, tours of duty down there to have great, great, great kids and great football players. So I'm, I'm talking to one right now. So without great players, Vincent Barty can't win without, couldn't have won without great players. Yeah, and I, I was actually with uh, Coach Toomey the day, you, 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 the night you called him, told him you got inducted, and he, uh, he was thrilled uh, that he was going to be there, him and uh, Coach Schuster are with you. Yeah. So that was uh, well. Was that's fun. the other I mean, thing. Well deserved, obviously. I mean, oh, thank you. But it was actually surprising you weren't in already. But well, it's a great honor. But again, it's Alfredo. It's, it's starts with the players, starts with, and then right immediately behind the players is is your staff. You just mentioned one of the great coaches of all time, John Toomey, Charlie Schuster's. I think Charlie's been our secret weapon, but since he's headed up that freshman program that nobody knows about. Yeah, him and Coach Arrow. Yeah, exactly. So there's so many people involved in an award like that. But, I mean, on behalf of of all, all those people that helped us, uh, I'd I like to thank them. Well, as much as I want to talk about football, I actually found out a, an interesting uh, fact about you. You once pitched a no-hitter for the Ace of I in, in, in softball. <laughs> How'd you find that out? Uh, Coach, I have, I have sources on the ground here. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that was a... a that was the college days. We were home for the summer, and we played a, the American Sons of Italy Club in Pali, sponsored a slow pitch softball team, and uh, we played. So, so it was a pretty good league, actually. Very competitive. Now was it was it fast pitch or was it? It was a, slow pitch, underhand. Oh, okay. No wind up. So you had good defense behind you. We had great defense, and I was fortunate enough that that Saturday morning, that the team that had no hit, do a no hitter against. Was drunk the night before. <laughs> Every one of them. That doesn't show up. In the, uh, no, in the, in the box the, uh, score. No, box score. no, <laughs> and that's the truth. They're they're hung over. Now, did you have any? Did they lift you up? Were you? Were you no, no, no. I had the ball on the shelf over there. I hope I. It's been so long since I looked at it, but we had everybody sign the ball. And any uh, any non Italians on the team? Well, I was I'm men's and men's. So oh, I was okay, right. I was half and half. <laughs> I, no, you had to be a member of the club, the American Sons of Italy club. Yeah, I, I actually, I, I went to the library uh, this morning, and I was going through the, the old yearbooks, and, and I brought the 73 yearbook, and I actually, I, I took a photo here, and uh, I sent, uh, I sent Nuch it, I said, this looks, uh, doesn't, it was a track and field photo, and I said, this looks more like the, uh, the Friday night roll call at the Ace of I with all the, with all the vowels. Uh, <laughs> There you are. You look you that headed hair. Look at you. Oh my God. That was the old track and field uh, team. But but then there was. Uh, I mean, look at the names here. You got La Selva, Alonji, uh, a lot of. See, there's a couple there. A lot of a lot of paisans. So, you in high school? What number were you in high school? Thirty-four. Thirty-four. So you were a your defensive I was, back. I was at uh, starting corner. 
I started at a corner my junior year. I didn't start as a freshman or sophomore. I started as a junior. Jimmy Shields was the other corner. I was right, left corner. Jimmy was the right corner. So two two head coaches there in the second year. Yeah, yep. And uh, and offensively, as as a junior, I was a backup quarterback to Leo Ostrowski. And uh, we were undefeated my junior year, 10-0-1. We tied Hazelton up at Hazelton in the last game of the regular season. And actually, that game came in came into my came came into play many years later when I was coaching. And because we we had right before the half. In 1971, we had it. We drove the the ball down to about the 10, 12 yard line, and Kimmy Ranko was our oh. kicker. You know Kim, yeah, don't you? Yeah, sure. And uh, it was it was fourth down, right before the end of the half, in a nothing nothing ball game, and we disdained. Coach uh, Flynn decided to go for the touchdown, and uh, we didn't get in, and that taught me years later. Not to pass up points in the first half of a football game, hmm. ever. And sure enough, we were playing Williamsport in late '80s, I guess it was, in a tight, tight ball game up there. And it's kind of funny because I was pretty young and carefree. But we drove, we drove the field right toward the end of the half, very similar to the the Hazelton game I just talked about. And uh, we took a timeout. It was fourth down from about the two, three yard line. And nothing, 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 nothing. Ball game. Took the time out, and I walked over, walked on the field. So the kids were in huddle, and I stopped to ask one of the officials. I said, "What do you think I should do?" And he looked at me like, what? "Coach, go for it." So we went for it. And we scored. <laughs> I don't know who that guy was. I like to call him up now, though. I don't think I thanked him after the ball game. Now, so then you went to Gettysburg. You were a bullet, right? Well, I went to prep school first. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, yeah. My senior year, we, were, we played our second scrimmage. Those days, we had two scrimmages. Two, two weeks to two days, two scrimmages. The last scrimmage we had that year in 1972 season was down at Bethlehem Freedom High School. Okay. And uh, Coach Flynn had me playing quarterback. And late in the scrimmage... He, he shifted me to halfback, which was a position I wanted to play. Mm-hmm. Always wanted to play, and I didn't want to be a quarterback. That's usually the other way around. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to be a running back. And so I went in a running back, and my bro- younger brother went to quarterback. And we ran. Mike, right? Michael, yep. Yeah. He's in Florida right now. And we ran a, a quick. The possible football players oh, yeah. know what the quick <laughs> right. is. The quick, the outside veer play. And I, I got, the, got the ball. And uh, got tackled, and the second kid in from Bethlehem Freedom speared me in my lower back, and I fractured my back. Oh. Three, three vertebrae fracture. And no ambulance. I, I rode in the back of John Tassel's car, our trainer. <laughs> every, every pothole, big and small, that we hit, I screamed till we got back in Pottsville. And uh, I had to sleep on a board, Alfredo. At the Pazzo Hospital for two weeks. Oh my gosh! They told me my football career was done. I I played that season. I came back and played that season. Get out. We played. I played. I came back against Mount Carmel up in the Silver Bowl. We we almost beat them. We almost upset them that night. But I played that year. So, but those days it was crude. I mean, can you imagine today? No. Somebody it, a football player fractured his back. Jeez. So, so then you went to prep school for a year? Yeah, I went to prep school because of the injury. That's how I, I, okay. I got off course there. 
because I, I missed half the season. I wanted to go to Villanova. They were a uh, lower tier one, one A mm-hmm. school at that time. But uh, so I wanted, to, I had aspirations of trying to play at that level. So I went to uh, military prep school, Stanton Military Academy, along with Vince LaSalva. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, Vince and I, Tommy Pavalco, who graduated from Nativity that, or, or same. Now, where's that at? That's in? Uh, Stanton, Virginia. It's right down 81. Oh, okay. Just below James Madison College. All right. University of James Madison. And it's, and it's one-year prep school? One-year prep. Well, they had, they had a junior high and a high school age kids, but they also had post-grads. Right. Matter of fact, it was a hell of a team we had. We had a bunch of kids go Division One A. Wow. Off that team, but getting back to the Villanova, they uh, they they weren't interested. And my coach at Stanton played at Gettysburg. Was a player at Gettysburg when Gettysburg was still playing one one double A ball. And uh, he's the one who got me funneled me into uh, Gettysburg wow. from prep school. Bill Brooks just recently passed away. I got a newsletter saying he passed. But the prep school year was was really important, I think, to me. And I, and I I've, I over the years at Pottsville when I was coaching, I tried to I try, I taught I would talk to kids about and parents about prep school being an option mm-hmm. because you don't you don't lose you don't lose any eligibility. Yeah. I mean, even Coach Mason last week, he was saying that he uh, yeah. he went to Valley Forge, John oh, Lieberman. Did he? Yeah, uh, I think it's Valley Forge. It, yeah. They seem to have gone out of vogue now. But back in the 60s and 70s, it, 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 prep schools were huge. So you don't, use a, you don't lose a year of eligibility? No. Oh, I didn't know that. No, how about that? I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. Great competition. I mean, we played James Madison, William & Mary. We played some good schools. Huh. And I never knew that you never lost your No, no Vince LaSalva ended up going to Susquehanna and having a great career. And Tommy Pavalco, I'm not sure where Tommy went. So after after Gettysburg, did you know you wanted to come back and, and, and coach? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I so absolutely. you coached under Coach Flynn? Coach, first, my first job was at St. Clair. Oh, okay. Teaching and coaching, 1978 to 79. I interviewed, Jack Wabi interviewed me. Uh, Actually, I was offered a, I was offered a job where a student taught outside of Gettysburg immediately, but I wanted to come home. I was a home homebody yeah. person, uh, and so I wait. I came home that summer and got uh, got a job with the Palo Alto Borough, actually Street Department, and uh, so a couple of jobs opened up. St. Clair was looking for. An English teacher that could also help out with coaching. Um, North Schuylkill, I interviewed at North Schuylkill. St. Clair. And what was those two I focused on? And I ended up uh, I ended up accepting the, the offer from Jack Wabi at, at St. Clair. So Joe Blenick was my head coach at St. Clair. Okay. First, no, 78, oh, yeah. 78, 78, 79, yeah. Then in uh, spring of... 1980, I got a call from Coach Flynn. There's, and he said, he said, Kevin, there's going to be a, a teaching and a coaching position opening. He said, I, I'd like you to come over and, and, and help at Pottsville. Here. So I jumped at that chance to come back with play under Coach Flynn. Now, how was it coaching with him instead of playing? He actually, he had he had two personas actually. Yeah, Alfredo. that's what Coach Hanford said. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean. He, 
He had, he could, he could, he could be loosey goosey behind closed doors. Every Wednesday night, for example, he'd be mad at me if, if, if for telling people this. But every Wednesday night, in 1980s, 1980s, we had a great, great football team. In 1980, Apostle, great kids, great football team. And uh, on Wednesday nights after practice, we would go down to Julian's, down here at the end of Mount Carver. Oh, yeah, okay. They used to have frosted mugs. He loved his cold beer. <laughs> So we would go down there, but he he would he would he wouldn't go anyplace else in Potsdam in public. But if we got him out on the road, go scouting somewhere. Right, man, would he throw beers down? <laughs> it's like he had wooden legs. I don't know where the hell the beer went. And I, t- I tell you, we were scouting. See, you're gonna find this hard to believe, Bill Flynn. We were scouting up up in uh, Oak Valley, Oak Fort, the pizza capital of the world, sure, by the way. Sure, pizza capital of the world. Great pizza, uh, and. Uh, so we were scouting for, the, we were in the playoffs, playing somebody up there in the playoffs. I think it was Coughlin that year. Anyway, we stopped at, uh, to get some white pizza and have a, a couple of beers. And we had, he had, a, he had a, a station wagon that Coach did that we all traveled in. So he, 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 had, he, had, he got a snootful, uh, so he couldn't drive home. So we had, uh, one of the coaches drove home that didn't drink. But anyway, we got into a wrestling match, he and I, in the back, back of the station wagon. If you would have told me, oh, he did. But I lost a ring. I had to go back the next day and look in the, the station wagon for my ring. But no, can you imagine him wrestling me, Kevin, twice my size, three times my size maybe. And he, that, there was a side to him that he would do, he did a great Frank Leahy imitation. Oh, the old... Uh no, 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 who he played for. Oh, right. Which is, you know, which is, if you're a possible football, former possible football player, you should be aware, I, th- I think, that we played for Coach Flynn, who played for Frank Leahy. Frank Leahy played for, for um, New Rockney. Wow. So, That's a direct lineage. It's, there. Exactly. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. When you think about it. Absolutely. Yeah, um, when I interviewed uh, Coach Curry for... Uh, for the for the documentary, he said uh, there's a time Flynn came up there in the spring, and they were going over, just exchanging, you know, some coaching. Oh, well, let stuff. me tell you what George did that those those trips. He would he would ask. Coach was so naive. He would ask about about the Vera offense, which we were running at that time. Yeah. And 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 Coach, being so naive, not thinking somebody would ever do something like that on purpose. Well, George would, and then he did. He shut down our our we. The outside veer, and the, partly because of the results of those conversations. George, I'll tell you, George, he could piss you off. He, well, I'm sure. I'm sure you guys he, had some. He, he, well, we, we had me and George had an up and down relationship. There were times where we periods of a couple of years, three years, where we got along really well. And then there were other, he, he, he could be. Let me tell you, here's a quick George Curry story. It tells you, I think, everything you need to know about George. And I and I love the guy. I, the last game he he coached down at Potsdam, I took Rusty Yost up, upstairs with me after the game to introduce Rusty to him and to tell I, and literally to tell I wanted to tell him I loved him mm-hmm. because we had an up and down relationship. But the son of a gun, I'll tell you what, we played in 1988. I this game is so vivid. We were playing up there, and the winner of the of the, our game, the way it ended up, was going to make the playoffs. 
They weren't undefeated. They were kind of having the same kind of year we were. We went up at halftime by two scores. So I thought, here we go. We're going to finally get a win at Berwick. 1988, and get make the playoffs. They come out at halftime. Our kids are, are, are sky high. We'll get there, we'll get there kicking off to us to start the second half. The kicker onside kicks. We don't, we don't recover it. They recover it. Right. Right down the field. They score. Our kids, you can hear the air yeah. letting out of the bag. They ended up beating us. A couple weeks later, I, I agreed to meet with him at, at McDonald's up here in the boulevard to exchange some videotape oh, okay. to the opponent. So we sat down inside and had a coffee. I said, George, that was a hell of a call you made, that onside kick, because we had all the momentum and that's just our kids yeah. just, it was like uh, air going out of a bag. And he laughed. He, he said, Coach, I didn't call that. The kid missed the ball. <laughs> And I said, but you took credit in the newspapers. He said, why not? That's a true story. He said, the kid missed a freaking ball to start the second half. I couldn't believe it. That's, that was George. And he, he says he learned a lot from, from Jazz, too. Oh, Jazz. Yeah. Can you imagine those, those three guys? Jazz, Coach Flynn, and yeah. That, what a triumvirate. I mean, I, I dare to say there probably never will ever again be that kind of coach that in the same proximity of each other. No. Like that. Yes. Yeah, I don't even think they make the and nothing against the coaches of today. Just, they don't just don't make them from that mold no. anymore. And no. you're part of that mold too. I mean well you know you said you, you know you came here to you know you got the teaching job. I mean a lot of people don't realize you were as great a teacher as you were a, a oh, coach. I love teaching. I love and, teaching. And, and you were kind of a renaissance man because you were an English teacher. Most football coaches are Joe except Joe Pa. Oh, Joe Pa he, oh, he was an English guy too. He was a lit major. <laughs> so what what I mean, did you just love English? I mean, what was it about English? Well, my first year at Gettysburg, I, I majored. I was, I was going to major in uh, social studies, history. But I walked into class, my first history class, and the and the professor was a chain. First of all, he was a chain smoker. He sat on his desk and smoked one cigarette after another, and it was a small classroom. It wasn't a big auditorium or class. And the, but and the second thing is when we got the textbook for the class. I opened it, opened it up and looked at the textbook. He wrote the darn book. He was he, he was a Harvard grad. So that was a red flag to me about, about history, being a history major. So I struggled, actually, struggled with the class. And I loved history. But I struggled with the class, and mostly it was because of him. Between the smoke and the cigarettes and him writing the book that we used for the class. But I always loved to read uh, Alfredo, so... I think I was attracted to to, to 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 lit more than I was to history. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, you know, especially non-football players and, and, and girls, guys, I mean, they always say, I hear a lot of times, you were their favorite teacher. I mean, just because oh, well, you demanded a lot of them, but it was, it was a, I never had you for English, but. You didn't, I, didn't only, you? I never, no, I never had you. English 9, 10. Mm-hmm. Um, I taught after you left. We had a John O'Hara class that I taught. I, that was oh, that was kind of neat. I really enjoyed that teaching that class. We always had 30, 30 31 wow. students in that class. And uh, the detective story was the other class elective that I taught. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember that class. So I, I didn't elementary, think my dear Watson. Yeah, elementary. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I, I, I ran into a student. I, I wish I could remember his name. Uh, the sheets getting gas 
last summer. Not, yeah, last summer. And he saw me pumping gas. And he had graduated years ago. He came running over to me and said to say hi. I said, Coach, he said, I really enjoyed the detective story yeah. class, class that you taught. We used to have two sections of that every semester. That filled up quickly. Wow. But the classroom, I, I, I still I miss the classroom, right? I still miss the classroom and the interaction with the kids. So uh, it was good to know. Uh, two, two of my greatest honors was being asked by the senior class to give the commencement speech at Potsdam. Hmm. So, I mean, uh, and I mean that. that. That's right there with the football awards. Sure. For sure. Now, so I noticed uh, in the yearbook, too, so in 86, you're actually the head track coach? Yes. I, t uh, I used to tell kids, you know, I was a tra head track coach before I was a head football coach. They didn't, they had gone on about a two-year stretch at St. Clair of not winning a dual, a dual meet. So I was a young buck. I guess they, they called. They asked me, called me in, and asked me to, if I'd be interested in trying to get the program back on its feet. So Paul Shander, uh, sure, yeah, you know Paul. Yeah, I asked him to help me. It was just the two of us, me and Paul. And as a matter of fact, I had the baton. There it is. You can see the baton in that. Oh yeah, okay. We we beat Panther Valley to snap the two year. Wow. To your losing at Saint Clair. That's Saint Clair, and that's the baton. It's painted up with the date on it and all. I had a. I was looking at the. They said uh, you're at the track. You had a, a tough uh, eighty-six to eighty-six tie against Mount Carmel the one year. In in track and field. Oh, when I was coaching at Potsdam. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that's you know how hard that is to. <laughs> I know. Go eighty-six and eighty-six. Uh, we had some great matches with Mount Carmel in track. Besides the football game, people think of Potsdam and Mount Carmel. They think of football games. But track and field, they, we had some malicious battles in track and field with Mount Carmel. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, you were part of that. Yeah. 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 It, was, it was intense because Coach Dimitri uh, was, was the track coach also there. Yeah, right. At one point in time. So it was like football without pads. Now, after your, your, your first stint in Pottsville, you had left it to go to Lafayette. Yeah, I felt... We, that, that was 1999 season, and that's the, the year we beat Berwick mm -hmm. final. Yeah, that was the year after I left. Yeah, that was a hell of a night. Oh, my God. In Potsdam. We gave him a hell of a night that night. The game was was exciting right to the very end. Oh, it was, unbelievable. It was, it was probably the best high school football game I've ever Yeah, I, I think I'd have to say so, too. So, so we won that game, and then the following week, we lost to Pittston. Yep. And then we struggled the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we ended up losing to Hazleton and I think double overtime. Again, same, same location as it was in 1971, where we missed some extra f field goals. Life comes full attempt. circle. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that weird? You know, by the way, not to get off the course, I'll get back to that. But John, John, John not John Madden, Joe Madden, the Cubs manager. Yeah. Was on that was on that Hazelton team. Oh, get out! That tied a zero zero in nineteen seventy. Oh, he? he was their quarterback. Wow, I never. I remember. That. Trying, I've been trying to get him on the podcast. Oh, he'd be great. Yeah, because he's, he's a was great. Was he a good quarterback? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're they're they had a really good football team. How about that? They tied us. It wasn't we didn't tie them. They tied us. It was a, a big moral victory for them. But disdaining that, 
field goal at the end of the first half came back and haunted us. We ended up 10-0-1 instead of 11-0. Uh, yeah, he was the quarterback. And I'll tell you why we... I can remember Coach Flynn using... He wore white spikes. Madden Joe, Joe Madden did. <laughs> oh, he, yeah. And by the way, he went, he went on then to play baseball at Lafayette. Oh, okay. So he's a Lafayette guy. Yeah, he's a Lafayette guy. Oh, okay, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, that's where he played college ball. And... Uh, but, it's, I mean, it's, it's a small world. As you said earlier, it goes. What goes around comes yeah, around. Yeah, absolutely. So, what the hell were we talking about? Uh, uh, your your stint at Lafayette. Oh, so, oh, so ninety nine. So we we limped and we we didn't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I and I felt like. I just felt like there was a combination of things. I felt like I had kind of lost my. Touch with the kids. I felt like I I wasn't. Giving them what I what I should be giving them. I felt I was. I felt like I was letting the the town, the city down, after that kind of a start of a season, and uh, I just felt like I, I I needed a break too. So I remember walking off the field of Hazelton, and Jack Dobbin was was on the was the head of the uh, school board. Well, no, the extracurricular activities. Oh, the, yeah, the like athletics committee. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Coaching committee. And he, and he he was waiting for me at the gate, and I, I said, "Well, what, what the hell? I might as might as well get this off my chest." And I told him, "I said I'm done. I'm going to make an announcement, and to the, the media tomorrow morning. Actually, I'm not even going to wait. I think Jack had talked me and talked me into waiting till Monday, and then tried to talk me into staying. I just needed. It's, mm-hmm. It was weird. I just I I'd poured my heart and soul into coaching." Uh, in a lot of ways, it's a thankless job. It, sure, I mean, sure it is. And, but, and, and, but there are a lot of thankless jobs, I'm afraid. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot. But I, I, it's not selfish, but I, I needed to, to, get, to get out of it, to get away from it for a while. I had all, no intentions of going to coaching again. I really, mm-hmm. some of the board members at that time uh, accused me of, of, of planning the whole thing, being dramatic. But I, when I, when I told Jack, Jack coming out to field Hazelton that I was, I was going to re- resign. I had no intentions of coaching him. I swear to you. And then uh, I got a call from uh, Shemokin uh, about co- coaching up there and as an assistant. But I, I didn't make a commitment. But I, but I talked to them about it. And word got back to some of the school board members, and that made them even matter. That that hmm. made well, it did look like. Sure. I, I was. But at the end of the day, you got to do what, what you're sure. happy with. But then I got a call from Stan DeCosti from Mary, who was uh, very close to Frank Tavani, the new newly appointed head coach at Lafayette. Mm-hmm. Lafayette came this close to dropping football. And uh, they hired Frank, and Frank rejuvenated the program. Anyway. Stan called me and said, would you be interested in coaching at Lafayette? Frank Tavani's looking for to put a staff together, and I mentioned you as a possibility. So I said, Stan, that's a hell of a drive for me every day. Yeah, 20, right? It was 60 miles one way. Yeah. So 120 miles. Six days, seven days a week. So I, had, uh, I had Mondays off. Okay. But yeah, Mondays was off. So I said, I talked to Terry, my wife, and the, and the kids. 
and it, it, the pay was was six thousand dollars. It was minimal, minimal, but that's what the NCAA allowed for. Right. I thought I'm gonna, I'll go down and interview, so I drove down and interviewed with the athletic director and and, and the Frank Devani. And I I did okay in the interview, I guess, because he offered me the job. So um, they were three great years. Mm -hmm. I mean, I thoroughly, I mean, I got a chance to coach at Harvard, Princeton, game, actually yeah. coach games at the, those kind of places, University of Pennsylvania. And, and I'm sure it was nice not having the pressure of being the head oh, coach. Oh, it was. It was you it, know, it, just, it, and just yeah. absorbing and being like a It was. Head. We put together, Frank put together a hell of a staff. And so I, I grew, I grew, I really grew a lot, football-wise, those three years. But I'll tell you a story about Frank Devani and, and those coaches. That that Lafayette was a lot fortunate enough to to uh, to have work for them. My third year, my third year down there, last year, we came close to winning the Patriot League championship, but we. But we, we Lost the game we should have won and it cost us the championship. The following year, I left Lafayette to come back to Pottsville. In 2003, that would have been. Mm -hmm. Back down to Lafayette in 2003, they won the Patriot League championship. Hmm. They won it. I missed it by a year. Fast forward to February. It was cold winter night, snowy. We're planning at Pottsville for a golf tournament to raise some money in the spring. Yeah. So... If uh, Eric Rissmiller, John Toomey, Charlie Schuster, we, we they they said, Coach, we should meet down at Maroons and organize this golf tournament. But and it was really bitterly cold, wintry night. So anyway, I'm, I go to the meeting. We're all sitting around a table. In walks Frank Tavani, and and half the, the staff at Lafayette. Incredible, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I was my jaw hit the floor. You could have knocked me over with a feather, as Coach Hanford would say. I, I said, "What, Coach? What are you doing? What's going on?" He brought me a championship ring. Get out! Yeah, I, I, wow. I, I was dumbfounded. Dri driving up, those guys, five, four, five of them, in the middle of what? winter, to give a, a part-time assistant coach a, a Patriot League championship. I just, I have it in my drawer, the front That's row. Awesome. That's the kind of people that, that we we had at Lafayette. Unfortunately, personally, right now, there's nobody on the staff now that I coach with. Right. It's been a complete turnover. But anyway, I got off course there a little bit with Frank. So uh, we struggled uh, until we could get our, some recruiting classes, and mm -hmm. we, we struggled uh, winning ball games. But my third and last year there, we were very competitive with everybody, and beat some teams we should, we really shouldn't have. So that year I left, really didn't surprise me that they won the championship. Then they went on to, really, Frank. Frank had a great run. Mm -hmm. It was just recently, stepped down just recently. Now after you know you came back to Pottsville after the Lafayette skit, and um, that's when you know the state championships. And I mean, just as an outsider. I think when you came back that second time, it was a different. You, you had the football knowledge, you had more football knowledge, but it yeah. was just you could tell you were a lot more relaxed, and, oh, yeah. and, and it was just a different vibe in terms. I of definitely the, was. That's, yeah. that's interesting. And not that the first time was wrong. It just you no, felt, no. You know, well, I was, I, I'll tell you what. I, I'm old enough now to, to say this out loud in public. I was trying to be Bill Flynn the first time, mm -hmm. 
and coach, coach I mean, coaches. So he demanded such a, he had such a presence, that it didn't work. I mean, I, 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 I should have been, I should have been more Kevin Keating, than Bill Flynn, and and I mean that in a, a positive way. Sure, yeah. But uh, that 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 hurt me for a while until I realized that I had to I had to relax. But you're right on with the observation about coming back to possible with a different head, mind frame mindset and frame. Plus, we had the staff that we put together when we came back was mm -hmm. incredible. Jimmy Shields was back on board. Yeah. John was back on board. Charlie Schuster was back on board. I don't want to miss anybody. And and it was just a close-knit group. We would, every Wednesday night, uh, no, every thir no, Thursday night, my wife Terry would cook spaghetti, and we would have to practice so the entire staff Including the medical staff, wow. we go to my here, right here, and we would we'd have a dinner, a common dinner. Then after every game, home and away, we would meet at the American Sons of Italy Club in Bali, win or lose. Every that's that, that's how tight. Yeah, that staff I mean, was. And those two, I mean, those two years, I mean, what an magic run. magic run. Yeah, we could could have gotten at least one of those two championships. Now, now, you know, I, as an athlete, as a competitor. What, what do you remember more, the victories or, or the losses? The losses. That's a coaching curse. Mm -hmm. We were, we were, uh, it's amazing. I forget where we were. We were at a clinic somewhere. And I was listening to coaches talking, and they, were, they weren't talking about wins. They were talking about losses at this, at this clinic. And I thought to myself, that's the curse. That's what we do. We had, we had so many great wins at Pottsville, but the ones you, you think about quickly are the losses. We lost to Williamsport one night. We were up twenty-eight nothing. That was that was my year. Oh my God! Yeah, that, that still bugs me. I can remember coming up here, not putting the videotape in this very room, putting the videotape in, and watching that all, all night. Just watching that game. That fourth, I, I mean, it, that fourth quarter all that night. That fourth quarter, I remember. I I had a kickoff return, and I should have just kept going. I remember. I remember I came up the sideline, and you said you should have just kept going up the sideline. You had it uh, all. Do you remember that? You remember yeah, that? And I, and I said. Yeah, I, I I just didn't see it on the field, but at that point I'm thinking we're up twenty eight nothing. We're not going to lose this game. And oh, incredible! Sure enough, we did. Then we dropped. Then we dropped. Someone dropped an interception. Also, sure interception. Yeah, I, we made every mistake. Yeah, you you know, onside kick they recovered. Yeah, and then they had that really good running back Sims. Remember? Yeah, and a big tall receiver. Yeah, that could run like a deer. Yeah. So, but I was numb. I was but, I, but that play keeps me up because I'm I'm thinking, geez, if I just would have ran up the sideline, that's, that's, that's thirty five nothing. Then that's they, the curse, the football yeah. curse. I I remember sitting here in this in a chair like this, watching that game over and over. I didn't get changed. I had my shirt shirt tail sticking out, and at about four thirty five o'clock, there was a knock on the front door. And I get up and walked out. Now, Terry yelled down. There's someone at the door. It's like four thirty in the morning. I opened the door and it was Joe Eckley with a pizza. I don't know where the hell he got a pizza at that time of day. But a pizza and a six pack. And he, I said, Joe, what are, you, what are you doing? So I knew he'd be awake. Wow. <laughs> so he came in. We had the pizza and the beer and we watched, watched the fourth quarter again. But that was that. That one, that's that. That's yeah. Done. That year too, that was a backbreaker because we. I don't think we ever fully recovered from that. No, thing. yeah, how can you? Yeah, it just we just because we started off four and one that year. Yes, remember? we did. That was that was a good. And then we ended. We just it actually was a good team. 
It was. It was, it a, was good a good team. We just couldn't. And good kids. That was a good kid group, mm-hmm. as I call them. But I don't know. It's odd. We, we, do, we do keep the God bless the losses, the tough losses. Coffin, were you part of the... Remember the I was a sophomore that year, yes. Oh, my God. We, yeah. got, we got screwed. Yeah. Big time. We did get screwed, but we also dropped an interception. Yep, that, 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 it, it, it does bug you, because, I mean, that 96 team was great. Oh, my God. It might have been... It might have been easily one of the top 10 teams of all time, mm-hmm. not just during our tenure. Yeah. I mean, it's, everyone talks about the 64 team. I, uh-huh. I, was, I was too young to... 64, 73, yeah. 93 with Rusty yeah. and Jimmy O'Brien. But the 64 team, they thought the, the old-timers used to talk about that team being talented. But that 96 team was, was loaded. Everywhere you looked. We, we had speed. We had size. There were just a bunch of football players that loved to compete. If we would have made districts that year, if we would have got screwed at Coughlin, because that's Because Deerf wanted to win, and we, and we destroyed oh them in scrimmage. It, even the media in the Lehigh Valley. Who doesn't look kindly on us up here mm-hmm. in the Gold Region? I remember the articles. Probably the best football team that didn't make the state playoffs this year. It's, it's possible. And then we, we destroyed them in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, God, that, that sickens me to this day that we that '96 team didn't. I, I remember that year. I, I was a sophomore, and I remember, you know, just listening to you. You were saying, you know, just stay healthy. Everybody, you know, just stay healthy. That was your key. And I remember we were doing a, a, the timing belt. And it was the like, timing belt, the old I, timing belt. Yeah, and then I did, uh, I had ran, you know, it was like a handoff or whatever. I remember you told me, you said, you know, if you if you keep it up, you stay healthy here, you know, you might be able to start in this team. And I did, but, I mean, that was Clint Davis, Frank Rampalo. Frank Rampalo was the nastiest son of a gun. Yeah. Uh, here's a quick Frank Rampalo story. Jimmy Shields swears he was the best football player he ever coached. Oh, he was... Uh, I mean, he was, he was mean. and he was nasty. Yeah, but we, 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 it was it was early spring because we were practicing on the track, and a coach from that I got to know from Rutgers came down to walking down the hill, and this is well after deciding day, by two months. He said, "He said, I said, Coach, what, what can I do for you?" I said, "I wasn't expecting you." He said, "We're looking for a, de- a, a defensive tackle." I said, well, "I got a guy that." wasn't interested originally but might be interested in, in Rutgers he said can I, can I look at some tape so I gave him I walked him up and gave him, uh, gave him my, my, my key for my room I said I put the tape in I said I'm going back down the track for practice he almost followed me down I don't know, he must have looked at only two or three plays he said coach where is he I said well he's not here he's playing baseball over there the baseball field yeah. I said I'm going to offer him he, 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 Alfredo. Yeah, I mean, he used to eat kids' lunches. I he mean, he must have. A, he, that coach only looked at, couldn't have looked at more than one series or two series. But he, yeah, he was a beast. Oh my God, he was an he animal. Was, he, he had all the intangibles, <laughs> and he was nasty. He, he was. He, I mean, he, he was caused a melee. Remember, he has Wyoming Valley West. Wyoming Valley West. He had a was a melee. Jimmy Catafio said, "Who the hell? Seventy-three. He's an animal." <laughs> what? Remember after we we played Berwick that year, I think I think Coach Curry said to me, "Oh yeah, he said wherever you want to go, let me know." He, 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 coach, well, Coach would do that. I mean, that's what I that's what I mean about George. He would do things like that. He would say, if you had a kid that was a player, and a good and good people, mm-hmm. he would he would he would oh, absolutely, he yeah. would push the kid. And we did the same in Potsdam. That's why Dick Anderson would come in from Penn State every twice a year, right after football season ended, and then in the spring. And 
because number one, he liked our stadium. He loved our stadium. Mm -hmm. He would always park in there. One day, I finally said to him, Dick, why don't you park out front? It's shorter. Coach, he said, I love this old stadium. He said, how well kept yeah. it is. He said, these newer stadiums are, are lack character. He said, this, I love parking here. And I, I walking around the track once or twice. Our kids don't, you don't realize when you're in high school. Oh my God, what, it's, what, it's, what, it's what, the coolest. What, oh, it's it's a, the most beautiful high school football stadium easily in the state of Pennsylvania. I had many people. Oh, it hands down. That's one of my favorite pictures of, uh, is when, uh, you know, Tony run down the sideline. And the punt return. Yeah, and then you're, you're running down behind him. Yeah, Monty's that's, jumping on. Yeah, that's Monty. the best picture. Yeah. I think. That was a Saturday afternoon game against Durf. Yeah, I, I, I mean. Now look at that. You you see, what I just, see what I just did. And I, I, have to, I struggle to remember my kids' birthdays. And that was, that was against Durf. Yeah. It was game 11. Uh, I, was at, I had to get to a wedding afterwards. My brother-in-law got married. So I, I remember everything about that day. Yet I can't remember my kids' birthdays. <laughs> that that picture, like I said, I remember it was in the in the coach's room. Yeah, right at my desk. And it, I hanging on you, get, my desk. you just get chills looking at it. I mean, it's just like it yeah. just. The, I mean, I don't know who even took that picture, but it was perfect. The Republican. Oh, that was a Republican photographer. Well, you know, you were you were saying about you know how the coaches here, you know, Coach Curry with Frank. I mean, when I was saying before about a thankless job, I mean, you know, you look at Coach Curry. Jazz Dimnick, they all, they, the all they all had the same critics. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like you guys just, you know, you do your best, and and there's always going to be one person out there who thinks you oh, know, they yeah. could do better, especially well, in football. You know, I heard this. I heard this years ago at a clinic, football clinic, maybe out in Pittsburgh. We used to go out there a lot. Yes, yeah, the formula for being a great coach or genius coach is to get in your car, turn the ignition on, drive 20 miles and pull over and talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. I mean, you just mentioned Jazz and George. Believe it or not, they had their detractors. That's what I'm saying, And yeah. Mount Carmel and, yeah, and Burley. And, and, and I know personally what Coach Flint would, went through at times, different times. So, I mean, you, you have to be tough-skinned. I wasn't tough-skinned enough. I... But how, how could you even prepare for that? I mean, no, you can't. Because you're putting your heart and soul out there, and you think, well, people are going to recognize it. And well, it's yeah, it's a, it's a difficult. Like I said, it's a thankless job, and especially in this area, not as much as it used to be. But you know, football football is a religion in a lot of ways, and it's a it's a way of life. Yeah, it's it's embedded in our culture. Absolutely. I hope that never changes that part of it. No, I don't. I don't think it will. So so now you're up at Shenandoah. Now it, it's a different it's a different stage of your coaching career. So, well, when we played Shenandoah, when I was when I was in high school at Pottsville, we played Shenandoah all the time. We played Shenandoah, Monty City, all those all the local teams, in fre freshman ball, JV ball, and uh, I remember Shenandoah as being one of those places that when you like on a Saturday morning when we used to play JV freshman games. If if you if you're going to Shenandoah to play a freshman game, you kind of checked your chin strap before you got on the bus, made sure that the shoulder pads were were together. Right. I mean, because you were in for a war. Well, I remember when I was a water boy for Nativity with my brother, Coach Shields. Uh, you had to wear your helmet on the bus because oh, yeah. they're going to throw rocks. At Absolutely. The bus. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, we, we laugh at that now, but that was an automatic. The window, windows were up, helmets on. Smoke was another place we had to do that oh, all yeah. the time. Matter of fact, Shenandoah, Shenandoah, Shmokin, 
was the only place that my my children, my family had to have a police escort to get out of the stadium. Jeez. That, that's how crazy it was one night up there. But, yeah, I, I, I looked at that. Well, I, I'm going to be honest with you. The Parkinson's disease that I have and, and was a concern of mine. But my, my doctor in Philly said, I, I asked him, I said, before I applied for the job, when it opened up. Because it was an attractive job to me. Sure. I mean, they're tough kids. It's a challenge. Yeah. Sure, and it's, it's a co-region, right in the middle of the co-region. And the, they have great history, great culture. Um, and I, I knew what kind of people were there. I thought I, you know, I thought I had a pretty good idea what I was walking into. Um, so I thought to myself, would I physically be able to do it and mentally? So I went to Philly and talked to my doctor, Dr. Lynch, my neurologist. He said, Coach, he said, what would you do if you didn't have Parkinson's? I said, I think I'd apply for the job at Shenandoah. He said, then do it. Mm-hmm. He said, you shouldn't let Parkinson's, at least at this stage, that you're, you have it, to, to dictate your life as long as you, you can do it and want to do it. So I, with his blessing, I, I dived into that, that situation. Now I knew there was going to be a struggle because, I, because I, the previous record, I think, I think somebody said it was 7 and 53, 7 wins and 53 losses. Six were, season, yeah. yeah. So I knew it was going to be a, 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 but that's what, I mean, that's what, that's why you played football. Right. That's why I, I we coach, because of the challenge. Because of the challenge, and the media asked me, why, the, the Republican asked me, coach, why would you risk your your reputation? That's the last thing I never even told me. You don't think of, you don't look at it that way at all. Mm-hmm. It's the challenge. It's a chance to, and I, without sounding egotistical. Or like, or egomaniac. I really believe I could. I have something to contribute to those kids. Absolutely, you do. And if, why, why shouldn't I share it with them? Now it's it's been a struggle with numbers, and we're we're still struggling this year with numbers. And we've done everything that we we could think of. Talking to kids, phone calling them on the phone. Uh, Kevin, my son Kevin, is an English teacher in the building, mm-hmm. so he sees the kids all the time. He's recruiting kids, talking to kids constantly. I'm on the phone at, at night calling kids. Uh, for whatever reason, I'm afraid, I have no idea. I can't put a finger on it. There are kids there that have played youth football and uh, have a history of football in their families that aren't playing. I, I, don't, I just don't understand. I've, I've, I thought we really could with by rolling our sleeves up when we got hired and getting after it, that we could increase the, the number of, of players. But we're, we're going to open up Monday, Monday two days Monday with probably 20 or 21 kids again. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard, as you, as yeah, you know, I mean, how do you, how do you run conduct a, a practice. Right. And practice is where you get better. Uh, so we, 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 right now we have coaches standing on, on defense being players. So... But, it, but the there's got to be a, a part of that that you love, though. You know, that challenge, like, okay, oh, this, yeah. is, this is the obstacle, and, you know, you got to dig, you yeah. probably dig a little deeper, you know, knowing that. It's that fox home mentality, and mm-hmm. I don't try, I, I, don't, I don't usually make comparisons to 
the military because that's a serious business. But you, you do develop a foxhole mentality. It's us against them, the world, and and even to a degree the kids that don't won't come out that we're playing football and now aren't playing football, and they're not doing anything else. It's not like they're 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 torn with choosing a, a sport. They're not doing anything else. They should be out helping us. And it's not that they, they hate football because they don't tell me that. Mm. They they make lame excuses up and give me a, like uh, coach. I, I, I can't play this year. I got a job. Well, you're going to be working all your yeah, life. Yeah, right. The job is it's going to be there. You got, you got Unfortunately, one, it will be there. Yeah, forever. I said, I, we just had a kid tell me on the phone two days ago. I got a job. I can't quit. I said, well, look, don't come up to me in two years and say, eh, I tell the kids this. I, I've never had a kid, a student. And this is, I'm not stretching this one bit. I've never had a player, former or student, I mean, come up to me and said, say, Coach, you know, I shouldn't have listened to you. I shouldn't have went out for football. My yeah, you don't regret playing football. You never, ever, ever, ever nope. heard that. It's always, it's always Coach, man, I, I, I blew it. I, I should have listened to you. There's no do-overs. You know, you, I, we have a boy right now who's a senior, came out for the first time. He, number one, he has a great... Great uh, set of, of tools. He's a natural receiver, hard worker, natural hands, great soft hands. Uh, seems to be we haven't we didn't hit yet. We'll hit this week, mm -hmm. but seems to be okay with contact. Said to me three times now since he came out, Coach, man, am I glad you you, you, oh, you stayed after yeah. me? That's what I tell the kids. I've, we have a kid right now that. Started for us last year two ways, Alfredo. Now, it doesn't know if he was, he's going to play. I don't know if he's going to show up Monday morning. Hmm. So, so we're, up, we're up against that. But I'll say this. Come Monday, I'm done talking about them. Come Monday, we're coaching the kids that want to be coached, that show up and play. And we're going to win. We'll, we'll find a way to win eventually. I can't tell you when, how long it's going to take us to get some wins. I'm hoping this year. I think we have some the players in place. But there's things we can't control, like the injury aspect. Sure. Uh, but the kids are great. I can't say enough about the kids on the football team. They're fantastic. They're just like Pazzo's kids. I'm finding out they they care. They play the game as hard as they can. There there's no there've been very few discipline issues that I've had to deal with, just like at Pazzo. So. To, to an extent, Shendo has this reputation that really they don't deserve. Because I've been there now a year and a half. And my son has been there too, a year and a half, and two years. And he, he agrees that, that they have a bad rap. So we'll see what happens. We'll give, we'll now, as, as a, as a, for our, our listeners who are possible football players, I know that one question is going to be, did you bring out the dog speech yet? No, I'm saving that baby. <laughs> the, the, the dog speech is six and one. Okay. So we get, we got to be careful. We, okay. You know, we want that record, to, that percentage to stay there. <laughs> I uh, I actually told dog speech the other day at work. I, I said, I, I told him uh, the speech. I won't I won't say it because I, I think it's uh, it's a sacred uh, possible football uh, <laughs> passage, but uh, but it's definitely good. And like I said, I I actually do a pretty good impersonation of you on, on the football. Oh, field. do you? <laughs> I, on the, on the, the field. On the field, yeah. When, when things get get tough at work or something, I was, 
Empty the tank. <laughs> Empty the tank. I was just showing that last night. <laughs> they shut it off. When we had to do the, the sprints. Hundreds. 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 Yeah. Well, I well, mean, it's it's about, it's, that's what it's about. I mean, that, that little phrase stuck with me. I must have heard it somewhere. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, like I said, you're you especially in, the, in in summer camp. It's hot. You're tired. Well, I'll tell you what. I uh, just I just remember Coach Flynn used to say something similar during hundreds, because he did the ten hundred deal, and you you that goes back to when I was playing. We that's, he started that. Yeah. When I was playing ball, ten hundreds full speed, and I remember him saying to this day, I can hear his voice, run as hard as you can, as fast as you can, as long as you can, and every day we do sprints these hundreds, you'll get a little bit better condition. And it'll be just a little bit easier mm-hmm. for you if you do it that way. Don't coast. He used to scream that, don't coast, don't coast. We do we do hundreds on Monday in season, the timed hundreds. Oh, okay. We had a kid, a big tackle. He was three bucks, over three bucks. And he couldn't possibly do the hundreds every hundred. So and my son Kevin said, I got, I'm getting soft in old age. I'd make him do the 100 and then walk back. To, oh, that is soft, Coach. That's right. But he lost 25 pounds. Oh, okay. By the end of the season. And he's, and he's kept it off for this year. I remember uh, Clint Davis, who was always the fastest on the team. Yeah, he could run. But you, you would give him a run for his money. Yeah, well, he, had, he, he just didn't get tired. Yeah. And I remember he, he never got tired. So he, I think it was like the eighth, eighth sprint. He, he beat everyone by like five yards. But he, you know him, he had a big smile on his say. face. And you, you brought us back because you said he was dogging it. <laughs> You said, Clint Davis is dogging it. <laughs> so he had to do another sprint. He didn't like that. I remember that. He got pissed at me. He wasn't. But he, had a, he never got tired. I don't think he gets he, tired. He, he very very seldom was in a bad mood, but he was in a bad mood that day. <laughs> well, yeah, he beat everyone by like five, ten yards. But Well, Coach, thank you so much. I know you will we'll definitely be rooting for Shendo this year. Go Devils. And uh, thanks so much for taking the time. And, 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 I, and I, Before I go, I have to say Roll Tide. Yeah, roll, roll tide. Roll right? tide. Was it? Let me ask one last question. Was it weird putting on that blue? Yeah, it was. Matter of fact, God, I'm telling you the truth. For the first month that I was on the job up there, I would say Pottsville instead of Shenandoah. I still got to be careful because. <laughs> do, you, do you ever sneak in some Pottsville gear at practice? Some Pottsville. Yeah, like a Pottsville football shirt? No. Oh yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, the kids didn't like it. They made it clear well, to me. That's good. That, that's a good message. Yeah, they, they made it clear. The coaches. You're, you're not a possible anymore. <laughs> I, I'm tempted to say something that I know. Believe me, the numbers, as far as the numbers are concerned. Well, thanks so much, Coach. Uh, Fred, I looked for. I, I was looking forward to this. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. When Kevin said that. Yeah, I've been I've been trying to get you for for months. I've been nagging Kevin. Like, come on, let me get let me get Coach on. So. Well, I appreciate. You know, I was looking it. forward to this. So definitely. You're you're, you're, you're one of the reasons the type of kid that we had. Oh, thank you. You were kind of the prototype of the kind of kid I remember. You, even before you came to us as a younger kid you know feeling that way about you so thank you keep up the good work appreciate it thank you you got it thanks so much guys i hope you guys enjoyed that as much as i did again that was something that i really looked forward to and uh, i'm so grateful for the opportunity and i will be back next week with another episode thank you